0: everyone, welcome to Her Journey podcast where we talk with incredible, talented and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline and I'm your host and today I am joined with Nama, the co-founder of Girl Intelligence. Feel free to give an introduction of yourself.
1: Hi everyone, and uh, thank you Aline for having me on your podcast. So yeah, my name is Nama. Um, Or Dr. Nama. (laughs) So I used to say, you know, don't don't worry about the you know, don't say doctor every time. But, um, you know, with the whole Dr. Biden thing a few weeks ago, I don't know if you have you heard of it. Um,
0: I actually don't think I have.
1: So someone questioned her if she can call herself doctor. And he said basically wrote this op ed about how she should just drop the doctor, like basically belittling Uh her how she doesn't deserve to be a doctor if she's not a medical doctor, something ridiculous like that. So then I kind of realized, and this was like a few weeks ago. So I kind of realized that I guess it's not, it's still a thing. It's still, some people think that women are not. (laughs) um, Yeah, definitely. The same level as men are. So yeah. So yeah, that is my name. And I am, I am actually a medical doctor. Uh, I don't think we are more doctors than any other doctor. (laughs) So um (laughs) And uh, I, so I studied medicine and then I did my clinical training in child and adolescent psychiatry. So I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist. I trained at Stanford and mm-hmm. for most of my career, I was a brain researcher at Stanford. So I did um, MRI research, um, looked at brain function and structure, mostly in children and adolescents. Um, and mm-hmm. then I decided to start my own startup, which is Intelligence, and it's um, an empowerment app for girls. So for, from age 13 and up, so for girls and young women who are starting their journey into adulthood and starting, so it's kind of like the app that I've always wanted. And I think that um, kind of like me and my friends were talking about how we wish we could talk more with other women as we were going through life, as we were learning things, as we were experiencing all kinds of events in our lives or just experiences, kind of like having a, a very large supportive sisterhood. Um, so that is mm-hmm. that was the inspiration for
0: Gertelligence. Yeah, that's awesome. And I actually wanted to begin today by talking a little bit about your background. Um, And I know you kind of already gave an introduction, but I mean, you're incredibly accomplished and you have a lot of incredible experience. And I think that can really inspire young women to of go out there and make a change like you are and just take the initiative to do these great things. So um, starting with your research and your mentorship experience and background, uh, can you tell us like a little bit more in detail about that experience?
1: Yeah, of course. So um, when I decided to go to medical school, I really wanted to I really wanted to work with people and help people and I just loved I loved science and I loved um, discovering things I loved learning how about um, yeah everything about the human body I thought was really really fascinating so that's what drew me into medicine um, mm-hmm. but I also really really loved working with children and just the process of development is just so fascinating to me and how we become who we become. Um, So that drew me to psychiatry. I was kind of debating between pediatrics and psychiatry. And I already got accepted actually for pediatrics uh, residency when I decided to go to psychiatry. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's how I started. And then I stumbled across research kind of accidentally, actually, uh, because so I'm from Israel. And I grew up in Israel and I went to medical school in Israel. And. Mm -hmm. um, I just got married and my husband found a job here in the Silicon Valley. So I was like, you know, what can I do here while he's figuring out, you know, his job situation? <laughs> like um so I yeah, I applied to a postdoctoral fellowship at Stanford and I was, uh, you know, lucky enough to be accepted. And I thought I would just do it for uh, a year and I just really really loved it. So what it was is a uh, research um, lab and what there's what they specialized in was MRI research so looking at brains both structure and function because you can use MRI to look at structure but also to look at function of the brain um, mm-hmm. and they, they gave me this new method at the time called diffusion tensor imaging and i know this may sound scary but uh, i will i can explain it really simply so it's called dti for short and it's a method to look at movement of water in anything oh but when you look at water in the brain so um the brain is uh you know a bag of neurons right it's <laughs> so basically um so it has gray matter, which is the cell bodies and white matter, which is the cables of the brain. So if you think about this big highway of information, you need cables to transmit the electric signals of the brain, right? So mm-hmm. those cables have a structure and the structure is like a cable. So it looks like a big uh, big electric cable. And because it's biological, then there is diffusion of molecules inside, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And you can look at the movement of molecules and characterize them in 3D. And when you characterize them, you see the shape of whatever it is they're in. So if you look at a water molecule in a a glass of water and you record it for a very, very, very long time. So it moves around and it bounces against the walls of the glass of water, right? Every once in a while it bounces around. So if you record it for a very, very long time, what you will see is the shape of the glass, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So whatever it is contained in, if you record a molecule of water for a very long time, you will see the shape. So that's what DTI does. It records the movement of of many molecules of water. And if your listeners, or if you ever want to Google DTI, diffusion tensor imaging, you will see those images of... um, just beautiful colorful images of the neurons of how the brain looks like. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was the research that I did. So when you look at, uh, it was a very new method at the time and it was this um, window to looking to enable us to look at structure of white matter which wasn't possible before. So we had all this information and there was so much to discover about everything. There were so many questions to, to answer about typical brain development, about um, brain development in all kinds of conditions. So it was just um, this amazing world that was opening up. And I was just there at the right time to be given the opportunity to take it on.
0: And that's what I did. Wow, I mean, that's really incredible. I think um, like tackling such complex topics like that, I think that's something really cool Um, hopefully I can kind of do it in the future and hopefully my listeners can too lots of them are in high school still but yeah um, yeah is there like kind of a specific reason for why you are interested in kind of this specific topic or was this something that you were always interested in as a child or in high school
1: so yeah so I was always interested in science both my parents Mm -hmm. are scientists (laughs) my dad is a physicist so he did like theoretical physics uh, which I was never like it's awesome but I was never drawn to (laughs) probably because he was you know so good at it and my mom uh, was a biology teacher so she has a master's in biology and uh, we used to talk a lot about science at home and I just really really loved it and um, when I was in I think first grade or in second grade I used to I always had in my backpack like a first aid kit and like nobody asked (laughs) for it, nobody asked for my help. But whenever somebody would fall in the playground or would have like a splinter or something like that, then I would take, you know, take care of the wound or take the splinter out. So I would, you know, um, I gave the school nurse a lot of free time. (laughs) So yeah, so I guess I was always drawn to medicine and science.
0: Yeah, I love that story. (laughs) I mean, um, I think like, yeah, science is definitely uh, a really interesting field. And I think, um, although sometimes I think people kind of when they think about like STEM and when they think about research some people kind of see it as boring or they kind of have a lot of different misconceptions about it in general Mm -hmm. so what do you think are kind of like some misconceptions about research and what about research specifically do you find really interesting that you think maybe others would also find interesting
1: yeah so it's true like I understand why people say that because there's so much work involved (laughs) it's not like you know (laughs) you look at the MRI and you discover things that's, it takes, you know, a year to discover something. Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of grunt work. There's a lot of um, steps in, in the, um, the the actual day to day may not be exciting for a lot of people. I personally really liked most of it because um, we had like this, like some of the stuff was like, really kind of zen kind of work so you look at you have to like sketch the outlines of the brain and kind of separate the image from this this image of the skull right um now it's automated but at the beginning it wasn't so we had to actually do it manually and we actually had that was one of the jobs we would give to undergrads so they would get credit for uh, working in the lab for a semester and that was like an easy A cuz oh. you you only had to show up and do the work it wasn't hard like any 8-year-old could do it mm-hmm. but um but i actually did some of that like from the very beginning like throughout my career i always wanted to know exactly what every step is like and not forget you know the higher up you go the less grunt work you need to do right you need to write mm-hmm. grants which is grunt work <laughs> you always need to do that you always need to get money for the research but um the actual analysis you don't have the higher up you go the less of it you have to do but I actually really loved it like I would put you know my headphones on and just listen to music and trace the brain it's like kind of like Mm -hmm. zoning out (laughs) I like that part um so so even those kind of things I really liked and then there's a part of it is writing code which I liked um Mm -hmm. So there's a lot. So I understand why people say it's, some of it is boring, but you know, every work you do, some of it will be boring, unfortunately. <laughs> like that's just, um, like yeah, I don't, I can't think of a work that isn't boring. Like even acting, or I don't know what what sounds like a lot of yeah. fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you know, every every work has parts that are repetitive or parts that are not very exciting. But um, research is is very structured in many ways. Um, And there's a lot of steps you need to do, calculations, things like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think um, a lot of the time people emphasize the importance of research too, Mm -hmm. but it kind of seems like a lot of the time um, you don't really do a lot of that research until you go attend a college or university. And so do you think that it's important for uh, maybe like high school students to get some exposure to research or research experience? Uh, in a field that they're interested in or do you think it's better to kind of wait till you're actually in college or you're a little older
1: yeah so it depends what you mean important um because there's important for your career if you start early and that's not really the case like you can start later i started with research Mm -hmm. um after med school right like i did some research before but not uh, it was you know what 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 labs give students to do is, um, is what they don't want to do. Right. So, you know, so I I did research in med school. Um, For me med school is undergrad and grad because in Israel it's, it's one program you don't we don't have undergrad and like med school is is seven years is six years and an internship so that's why when I say med school I also mean undergrad. Um, Mm -hmm. For high I haven't I didn't do any research in high school for sure, not at all so like it's not necessary it's um mm-hmm. so what I see is some some people can get into research if you're you know if you happen to live close to university, if your parents maybe are involved, if you know somebody, it's very, very hard to get a research position as a high schooler if you don't if you're not connected personally, unfortunately, that's usually the case, yeah um. Don't let that discourage you. If you really, really want to, and you live next to university and you can, then what I always say is um, definitely send emails, even cold emails and, or go to events. I've heard of this uh, young woman who, uh, God, who told me about this? I think a friend of mine, like a researcher, that basically they met her at an event and she was just so enthusiastic. And it was like, you know, I will, you like, <laughs> You know, I'm so so interested, and they managed to find her a position. But it's oh, oh so my tip, my tip for high schoolers, for because I used to get, and I still get, I still get emails about my research, even though I don't do research anymore. Um, but people yeah. find me online and send me like a request, so I can tell you what emails I would reply to and what emails I would not. Um,
0: oh yeah, that would that's helpful.
1: helpful. So you get, so you have to understand what's happening on the other side, right? So being a researcher is a Mm -hmm. lot of work. Like we're always under pressure. Mm -hmm. Our days are full. You know, a lot of times we have families at home, like our days are like, you know, packed. So stopping to read an email is a big deal. Like it's not, you know, we're not bored. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so (laughs) when I see an email and it's clearly, they have not looked me up. They don't know what I do at all then I don't really feel like giving them attention at all either, right? If it's a cut and paste kind of email, Mm -hmm. um, if if they don't know what, like, what work I do, then I would just either ignore it or say, you know, I don't have anything right now if I have time. But a lot of times I have no time, so I just, I would ignore it, honestly. I wouldn't reply. So don't Mm -hmm. take it personally if someone ignores you also. (laughs) It's not you. It's (laughs) just that they're super, super busy and they're probably not hiring right now. They're probably not looking for anyone right now. Because if I were hiring, you know, I would look at it, but I, you know um Mm -hmm. so definitely write an email don't make it long don't make it long at all (laughs) like nobody has the attention span make it short but the first sentence should be something about the person that you're writing to you do not have to research them for an hour even just read a little bit about what they do know their name know their position (laughs) um yeah so just like one sentence it takes five minutes to know what a person's working on Um, So make sure that they know that you've done your research and that you are interested in working in their lab. And then if someone did this, I would either reply and say, hey, you know, we have these opportunities. Or if I didn't have anything to offer, I would forward it to our lab manager or to a colleague that, you know, I heard is looking for someone. So I would like forward it to someone who can help. So that's my
0: yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, that's some great advice. I think um, a lot of the time, like people are so anxious to get research experience, they kind of forget to make things more personalized and kind of um, really, like, be more careful about um, who they're really reaching out to when it comes to research and things like that. So yeah, definitely some amazing advice there. And uh, I also know that you're a psychiatrist, which is really incredible. So can you kind of tell us also a little bit about what that's like for you?
1: Yeah, so that's another thing that started when I was little. So when I was like in third grade, <laughs> my favorite book was, um, I think it translates to uh, Dibs in Search of Self. And it's it's basically a whole book about therapy session of this kid. And I loved it so much. Um, it just, I read it so many times, it just integrated, you know. Um, so, and that's, you know, as an adult, it's still what I loved is, you know, someone comes in, a lot of times it's, it's a very difficult time in their lives. You know, they're having some kind of crisis, otherwise they wouldn't be there or, you know, some kind of hardship and um, kind of getting to know them and processing and then seeing them get better. Um, just really, really like that mm-hmm.
0: process. Definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's a really interesting career field. and. Um, yeah, something really incredible, definitely. And I also think like, it's just incredible what you're doing in general, because I feel like mental health is such an important topic. And to be able to kind of put that into action and make a real difference in people's lives by kind of helping them through whatever struggle they're facing is something uh, really amazing. So yeah. Um, But also, I just I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to talk about your Involvement with Girl Intelligence. So, uh, for those who don't really know what that is, could you tell us? I know you kind of gave like a little brief background about it before, but could you kind of go more in detail about what Girl Intelligence is? Yes, of course. Um,
1: so, Girl is, is an app. You can you can download it on the App Store or uh, Google Play, and um, it's an app that is designed for young women, so thirteen and up, and it's a place. So my, my goal is to create an empowerment app so where girls can get all the resource information and support that they need to fulfill their potential. And if you look, so I kind of started thinking about what do girls need the most um, and how do we empower girls in the most effective way? And if you look at the research, one of the best things to help women and girls really at any age is to give them a community that supports them as women, we mm-hmm. need connection with other women uh, for our, so everybody does, right? Everybody needs connection with other humans, male or female. We're not that different. Um, but if you yeah. look at the research for women, it's essential. Like we need, especially other mm-hmm. women for our mental health, for our physical health, for our confidence, for our success. success. Um, and especially during adolescence, but also really throughout your life, but uh, in adolescence, it has such amazing effects for the rest of your life if you have that um, and even if you have if you 're lucky and you have supportive friends in your life, um, they are usually about your age, right so they are like people you know from school or from your activities. so I wanted to create this community where you can connect with girls who are older and younger than you, so obviously it 's thirteen and up. Um, And it is a place that you can go and talk about anything. You can be anonymous or you can be not anonymous if you want people to know who you are and connect with you. And you can ask for, you know, if you're in middle school, late middle school, you can ask advice for um, high schoolers. You can ask high schoolers what it's like to transition to high school or any question you have. And high schoolers can ask college girls. uh, College girls can ask young adults. Um, And really, so there's all kinds of discussions on our app. It's um, from, you know, what kind of shows do you like right now? Or what can, what kind of makeup stuff do you like right now? Or to people go on there with, you know, real crises that they have. It's not a crisis app because nobody there, nobody's on the app is a mental health professional. That's not the goal. The goal is to have peer support and advice. Because a lot of us are going through the same things or went through this, or some of us, um, already overcome the difficulties that some of them face right now. So that is the first thing we built. Um, it is customized by age so that, you know, the younger girls can talk about the things that are interesting to them and they won't see. So a 13 year olds probably shouldn't see the conversations that the 19 year olds are having, but, um, but there is an opportunity to ask questions to the older girls if you want to. Mm-hmm. So if you're 14, 15 and you want to ask a, a college girl a question, you can. Um, and that's kind of a, this opportunity that not a lot of girls have in their lives because they don't have access to a lot of, you know, little bit girls who are a little bit older. So that is the first thing we built mm-hmm. um, this community and we're keeping it safe. We have mm-hmm. um, on the back end we have AI and uh, human moderators. So it's um, much safer than any other social app right you're not going to be bullied or there's no judgments it's very inclusive very accepting space um
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so that's the first thing we have a lot of other plans yeah. <laughs> um there's another place that girls can create content so they can create it's kind of like um mm-hmm. they can create those visual posts that about anything that they think would be interesting to other girls or anything that they think they wish they knew um, when they were a little younger. And then they can also take those visual posts and talk about them in the girl talk section. So that's a girl talk section where all the conversations happen and the girl wisdom section is where girls can just post visual um, posts about anything they wanna post about really. They can post stuff that they created, poems, short stories, like anything they wanna put out there for other girls to see.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, I definitely think that having like a platform where um, just girls can just kind of be themselves and get to know each other and ask for advice is incredibly helpful, especially when maybe you're an only child who doesn't really have um, like a sister to kind of guide you or navigate things, or if you just don't have like a female figure in your Mm -hmm. life that you can go to. So yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's really incredible. And um, kind of, talking about everything that we've covered so far you've had a big influence on a lot of people and you've done a lot of amazing things but would you say there have been any like big challenges or obstacles that you faced
1: there's um there's obstacles and challenges all the time and so that was actually also one of my inspirations to start your intelligence is that growing up as a girl you get all these um messages from the world and from other people that sometimes you don't know how to respond to, or you don't know how to process and you don't even know Mm -hmm. what to do, right? You're like, um, and most of the times we just Mm -hmm. try to ignore them but we kind of don't know how to make sense of them to ourselves. So for instance, um, so I was always interested in science and um, uh, when I was in, when I was a junior, and um, I was doing so. It's kind of similar to here. I was doing like the two-year advanced math, and there were like 30 other mm-hmm. kids in the class. I think there were like 30 boys <laughs> and four girls, something ridiculous like that. And it was hard, and mm-hmm. uh, but I was doing pretty well. Yeah, I was. I had to definitely had to work at it, but I had to. But I was getting A's and B's. I wasn't struggling. Um, and the teacher asked me one day to stay after class. And she's like, I need to talk to you. And then she said, so it was just the two of us after class. And she was like, why don't you consider dropping down to one year advanced? Because, yeah. Oh, and really? she said, she said, let's face it, you'll never use it. That's, that's what she said. Oh, and wow. she was like, you know, why do you need to work so hard? Like, you don't need to work hard. If you go to the one year advanced, you get an A plus and you won't have to work. And it'll be better. And it literally took me 20 years <laughs> to to realize that she never said I'm not good enough. Like she never said I can't do it. She never said I'm going to fail. But that is what I heard. Right. I th- I thought she I thought she oh, thought I yeah. can't do it. Like I'm going to fail. Like, you know, this is a bad decision. It'll ruin my mm-hmm. GPA. Right. <laughs> kind of thing. Um It turns out like we had so all the four of us, the the women in the class, we were friends, but we never talked with each other about this until like five years later. I think we had a girls night and we were like sitting and reminiscing about high school. It turns out she had this conversation with all of us. And I can bet you anything that she did not have this conversation with any of the boys. so those are the kind mm-hmm. of things that I think women should like we were there was a reason we didn't talk to each other about this right we thought we were failing we thought we were not good enough so we so I never told anyone about this mm-hmm. until I was a grown up right I don't think I, I didn't even tell my parents like yeah. that my teacher thinks I can't do this right um so opening mm-hmm. up those channels and if I had girl intelligence at the time I could say hey this just happened to me today. Like I could go anonymously and I could say, what do you think? I'm getting A's and B's and the teacher, like I didn't even have the awareness to question this, to think about this, to share this, to talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just one example. Mm-hmm. I've had so many like people who didn't think I could be a doctor, patients who didn't want me to treat them, <laughs> you know, all these things that men don't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a place where you can yeah. talk about, Anything that that happens to you and you're, you know, you're never judged, you know, nobody has to know even who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, definitely there's like hardship all the time. For women in research, it's harder. Mm-hmm. It's it's so, so, so much better than it used to be. Like, I really can't complain in comparison to, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Obviously, it was much, much harder for women, but still- definitely women are underestimated it's harder to advance in work it's harder to get published and get grants you know there's data about that. Um, And you get all kinds of messages like. um, Not to me, but some of my friends were asked like in job interviews like so you just got married, are you planning to have kids and things like that that nobody would ever ask a man right. Um, So all kinds of things Mm -hmm. like that that I think uh, young women need to be aware of. and when you're aware, you all, you also
0: know how to react. Definitely. Yeah, I think that even though women definitely have more available to them now, there is still gender inequality out there and especially in the past. But I think that's like one of the reasons why what you're doing is so amazing because you're um, not only building this platform where girls can empower each other, but you're also like kind of acting as a role model yourself to kind of show people that um, like it doesn't matter what your gender is you can basically mm-hmm. do everything that a man can do so yeah that's that's really incredible and uh I also wanted to kind of build on top of that so you've been doing these amazing things you've been acting as a role model for so many young women out there so what would you say is something that you are most proud of
1: hmm. I mean that's a cliche but I'm probably most proud of my kids <laughs> So I'm, I'm really proud, so, uh, so I'm proud of my work in the lab for sure, because it was like something that, um, you know, I wasn't actually trained to do. It's like, because I was, I went to medical school. Medical school doesn't mm-hmm. teach you research. Um, so I had to learn a lot of this by myself. Right. And what's wonderful right now in this day and age mm-hmm. is that you can, you can learn on your own so many things like you don't have to go to school actually formally um, to gain mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of uh, knowledge and to learn how to do stuff. So of course I was at school I was at Stanford right when I did my research. Um, but I had but I wasn't you know mm-hmm. I wasn't in a in a, I wasn't in undergrad or even grad school but I could be proactive and take courses. So if I had like, I took a coding course, um, I took uh, all kinds of courses at Stanford, I even just audited, Uh, but also online, you can learn so, so, so Mm -hmm. much, but you have to be, to have like an open mind and be able like um, to allow yourself to learn. Right, because a lot of times you're like, oh, I i don't know anything about this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm too scared. It's kind of like we stop ourselves from, um, we stop ourselves from being novices, right? It's kind of, it's a scary feeling to not know mm-hmm. about something. And um, I think that's something that I'm most proud of that I am always, always happy to learn new things and be a
0: novice. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, um, yeah, it's definitely, there are a lot of opportunities out there nowadays, and it's just really important for people to kind of take advantage of that and kind of see where they can find things and have that um, that kind of willingness to go out there and uh, take advantage of those resources and, um, yeah, just really learn and gain some new knowledge. So, yeah, that's a, an amazing message. And I wanted to kind of close mm-hmm. off with one more question. Um, but do you have so obviously, this is 2021. So kind of a new year, and we're yeah. already one month in, which is crazy. But um, do you have any specific goals for this year or for yourself, for your organization, your app, any uh, personal projects? I'm definitely focusing on growth intelligence,
1: uh, my all my time. And so up to Mm -hmm. now we were really focused on the development of the app and it's was, you know, speaking of being Mm -hmm. a novice, like it's so hard to start a business with no business experience. So, um, so we worked really hard on that and kind Mm -hmm. of finding exactly what girls um, need at this age. Um, I have an amazing advisory board of uh, Mm -hmm. teens and young women who Help me with every decision, which is just amazing. I'm so 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 grateful for them. And so next year, I want to mm-hmm. focus on growing, growing our audience, growing our community, and we have so many plans for the app. Uh, so um, to keep so keep, to keep developing it and growing and grow it. Yeah, that's, um, that's one of the wonderful things about building something like that that i didn't have in research is that i have freedom to dream up things right so whatever i see girls need i mm-hmm. can build it for them and um so that is my plan for this year we we already have the, the actual plans for this year uh so it's gonna be uh yeah yeah it's gonna grow a lot hopefully
0: yeah that sounds really exciting i mean um yeah you've got All these amazing goals, and you've already accomplished um, a whole lot. And yeah, I'm really excited to see kind of where your app goes. Um, But yeah, and as we talked about before, it's just really important for um, you to have a platform like this. And I think that's also kind of the art of entrepreneurship where you can really like go big and you can um, kind of do whatever you want with uh, whatever you're making or innovating. So Yeah, that's awesome that you're making all these uh, amazing things and really just supporting women, uh, especially during this time. But um, and although you gave a lot of amazing advice throughout this entire talk, what's just one general piece of advice you want to close with that you might give to uh, maybe a young woman out there who really wants to kind of make a difference like you are?
1: Like one thing I think is really, really important, especially for women, is don't let other people define who you are and what you can do. Which is really, really hard because we are product mm-hmm. of our environment and our environment constantly sends mm-hmm. us messages about who they think we are and who they think we are is shaped a lot by, um, by our gender, by our race, you know, by our background, by where we came from. Um, so I would encourage you to always question that. Like, and if you feel in yourself that you wanna do something that other people are telling you you can't, or society is kind of giving you those subtle messages that you can't, then the first step is to be aware of it, right? Because most of the times we are not aware. We're like, oh, okay, I guess I can. not um, <laughs> But kind of try to be aware and and then like really dig deep into it and see why you wanna do, what do you wanna do? Um, and learn more and push yourself in the in the direction Mm -hmm. that you want to go because a lot of times once you start doing something then people will yeah well if if they're if they have good intentions (laughs) um they will understand that this is real that this is true and that you can do it but um yeah i think that's something that is so hard because men don't usually have to deal with it um on average right a lot of men obviously do but uh, they kind of start with, yeah, of course, you can do everything. Um, so so it's something that we have to do yeah. for ourselves until society catches up.
0: Definitely. I think that that's a great point you bring up. And I think that's why it's really important to have a community you can go to and people in your life that will just support your dreams and um, kind of help you through them. But yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, thank you so much for this amazing talk. Um, I mean, this was such an incredible conversation. And before we go, do you have any platforms that you might want to shout out or share, or anywhere yeah, of course. where listeners so, um, might be able to find you?
1: You can you can always find us on Instagram. It's it's very simple. It's at girl, girl intelligence. Um, some people say some people mispronounce mm-hmm. it girl intelligence. It's not. It's girl intelligence. So uh, you can find us on Instagram. We have a very active account and you can download us. You can search us on any app store. When you type Gertelligence, we are the only ones that have come up. Uh, and we also have a website, obviously, with all the links and uh, all kinds of information about the app. And that's um